Hello and welcome back everyone to episode 5 of Let's Get Talking. Once again, thank you for all of the lovely feedback, comments and support that I've been receiving. It's really great to know that something that was once a small little idea is now being enjoyed by people all over the world and helping a few along the way as well. Today's guest is the brilliant Laura Crane. Me and Laura sat down virtually over Zoom a few weeks ago now to discuss her experience of bulimia, time on Love Island, and also just how she copes with her mental health on a day-to-day basis. Um, A really interesting conversation. She has some great guidance and also hearing her journey was, was brilliant. So I do hope you enjoyed this one. So sit back, relax, grab a nice cup of tea, and let's get talking with Laura Crane. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Get Talking and today I'm joined virtually of course by a very exciting guest. I'm If you're listening and you don't like cringy jokes I'm about to make one because I've recently had a comment um, about the show that I'm making waves in the podcast world and today I'm joined by a professional surfer or former professional surfer so we're actually making waves on this episode. Again I apologise for that cringy joke um, but welcome to Laura Crane. Laura thanks for coming on the show. Um, how are you? How, how are you doing I suppose? I'm good. I'm good. I'm getting through lockdown like most of us, but um, yeah, just making the best of it, I suppose you could say. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the every conversation that I'm having, obviously, at the, at the time of recording at the moment is a big um, topic, obviously, into lockdown three, um, hopefully looking at coming out of it very soon um but gl- glad that you're doing well and again thanks for thanks for coming on. Um, some of the listeners obviously may know you from um appearing on on Love Island a few years ago but could you just give everyone a little bit more sort of of a background obviously I mentioned about you um being a professional surfer and the different things that you do can we start today by you just sort of giving a little background on on who you are and, and what you're doing at the moment yeah so um I grew up in North Devon um and that's where I learned to surf I surfed professionally for 10 years so um yeah from the age of literally 12 till um 22 um I had an amazing career surfing traveled the world it was literally like a dream of mine when I was super young so to be able to accomplish that and do all those amazing things was uh pretty awesome (laughs) and then I think the traveling just got a lot I struggled a little bit with my mental health which I'm sure we'll go into a little bit deeper um and yeah it was just time for me to kind of have a little bit more stability within my life and have a kind of closer group of friends and family that I saw maybe a little bit more regularly than I was when I was traveling nine months of the year. So now I'm living in London. Um, I've been here for around two years and as much as I didn't really enjoy it at the start, I do absolutely love uh, my new life here. So yeah, very, very different to what I'm used to and a little bit less ocean, which I'm not still super happy about. But <laughs> we're, uh, we're hopefully going to be soon enough back to be able to traveling around a little bit more. So yeah, I'm grateful. Yeah, not many chances to surf in London, I can imagine. <laughs> um, obviously, you mentioned a little bit there, obviously, um, and a lot of people might not know the life of a, of a professional surfer. And you mentioned a lot about traveling and obviously visiting different countries. And I presume being away from friends and family for, for long periods across the year. And obviously, you said there a little bit, obviously, the effect that it had on, on, your, on your mental health. Um, was, that, was that mainly driven from sort of being away so long and f- away from family and friends? Um, I think it was a mixture of things. I mean, obviously I miss my family greatly, but I was a very like up and go kid and I kind of always had my own back from 
a pretty young age. I think for me, a lot of the, you know, moments where I felt like my mental health really took dips was probably the comparisons that I was kind of constantly comparing to my competitors. And then I think as I became more of a, I suppose, influencer and surfer, um, Instagram kind of came around and there was a lot more of me comparing to um, other people on Instagram about like how their bodies looked. And I think it was, there was a moment for me where I was professional athlete and also model. And I think trying to mentally balance those two things was really tough because in my head, I was like, okay, I have to be like, in those time, it was like, I want to be skinny and this is how I should be. And this is what beautiful is in my head. That was what it was. Um, so to try and then balance that with being like a strong athlete was obviously impossible. So I think that kind of comparisons and um, just trying to juggle two very, very different um, lives was probably what started the eating disorder. Um, and I think also just the traveling, the kind of transient life that you're in, the nonstop kind of moving and new people and not really having like a safe kind of space was was quite tough. But um, I mean, I think mental health struggles are down to a lot of things. And me personally, I'm grateful for them in a lot of ways. I think that my struggles with mental health have made me stronger and um, you know, naturally I wish that I hadn't had to go through bulimia for as long as I did, but now I look back on it and I think, well, maybe I wouldn't have learned all the things that I had learned and I obviously I would have liked to learn them in different ways, but I think you just got to be grateful for your journey and, you know, at some point the recovery, you know, is ready and you're ready for the recovery. And I think that's a pretty special thing is just knowing that there will be a time when, you know, you can get through this and sooner rather than later, hopefully. That's brilliant. And on on the podcast and the show, obviously, we want to share inspiring stories and hear from people that have had different experiences in mental health. I work in a school um, myself and obviously work with a lot of different young people that experience lots of different forms of mental health. And obviously, like you, you've just said there and you've been quite vocal recently um, in the media about obviously your experience of bulimia. Um, can you take us back to those sort of early days of that um, eating disorder and sort of the battle that you you faced? Because I've had someone on the podcast previously that um, had a had a similar experience. Um, and it really hit with me, actually, that a lot of people out there don't really know the sort of the the ins and outs and the, the battle of an eating disorder. Um, so what obviously what was it like in those obviously from the sort of the, the early days of realizing that something was was not quite right and then obviously the battle that that came over the years um like I said I mean mine definitely started as a comparison it was to lose weight firsthand was my thing I mean I was a 15 year old girl going through puberty when your body is changing an incredible amount and even now I look at my body and I think it changes weekly just you know due to you know certain things whether it's my period coming or whatever that might be you you do see little fluctuations and I think that for me when I was growing up because I was kind of comparing already so young um, and I think today in this age kids are comparing already so young because of Instagram and all these other different components but I think for me back in those times I was probably wasn't super happy with my appearance and then that led to me being like okay well I'm just going to maybe be sick and not eat the food that I'm consuming and not let it like put on weight. I've now found out 10 years down the line that it doesn't work like that. Once that food goes in, like it's trying to just, you know, nurture you and trying to help you give the energy that you do need, you need to eat food. So it's been a super long journey. And I just think for me now, looking back, obviously I wish that I'd never had to even start doing it, but I think it came for me to, it was a massive control thing. And I feel like 
my life was so out of control that it was this thing that I had control of. It was this food kind of relationship that once I started eating and, you know, overeating and then the being sick, it all kind of just made me feel like I was in control, which actually has the total opposite effect and makes you completely out of control. So it's a weird one. And I just think that right now in this, you know, in the space that we're in, we're, you know, having a lot more time at home. Um, it is a really hard time for people with eating disorders. So if you are listening to this and you are struggling, the one thing that I would say is to go online and to look for help because I actually started getting therapy properly about six months ago. And I've lived with bulimia for about 10 years and actually speaking to somebody and voicing the problems. Um, it's the quietest my mind has been in yeah 10 years with no bulimia. So I feel like for me, actually reaching out and getting that help, I am like a hands up advocate for do it go and get help and a problem shared is definitely a problem halved and more <laughs> yes yeah, definitely and the, like you say the, the power of talking um can never be um underestimated really um and obviously when you were going through that obviously i think it was when you were around sort of 16 and then the, the years that followed what what was the support like sort of back then obviously a few years ago i know at the moment mental health especially with the the current times that we're living it's a lot more at the forefront of conversations and a lot more people are being open on social media or whatever it is but back when you were experiencing it what was the support sort of network like for you was there a lot of things you could go and reach out for or speak to people or was it a little bit more limited I mean I always say Instagram is you know either your biggest enemy or can be your best friend as well you know I think there is so much help and things on it, social media. I do a lot of work with young minds and they're amazing. Um, they're always great to give a call whenever they've always got people on hand to just chat you through certain things, like point you in the right direction for help, which I think that's been probably one of the best charities that I've, you know, that I've seen their work and I've seen like how it works. So um, they're amazing. And that's one charity that I think is just like life changing for young people. When I was younger, I mean, I went to therapists, my mom and dad tried to like help me in that space. But I think it was an embarrassing thing at that point, you know, speaking about mental health and speaking about eating disorders. It was like, well, you know, I think, you know, somebody said to me, well, why don't you put some glasses on? Because you're not fat. Like, how can you, you know, you don't look fat. So you just put your glasses on and like see that you're not fat in the mirror. But it's so much deeper than that. And I think there is so much more information on it now these days, which is amazing because, you know, if people don't have information on how you're feeling, then it's quite hard for them to give advice. So yeah, definitely we've come a long, long, long way. And um, yeah, I mean, the therapists and things that are around at the moment are like really, really well educated in helping us. So go out there and get it. Trust me, it helps. Yeah, I think we I could speak about Young Minds for hours and hours because they're a fantastic charity and one that... Um, on, on the podcast Instagram we're always sort of sharing and just pushing people towards a fantastic charity so looking back at that time and those sort of struggles that you've had um is it quite easy for you now to sort of self-reflect and look back and and open up uh and obviously you've you've touched on it a little bit but how important it is to talk and share your experiences do you find that sort of um even helps you now in in, in sort of the times where you've gone through it or to look back and open up to people Definitely. I mean, hey, I'm like next person. I have my horrible weeks and I have weeks where I struggle to get out of bed and, you know, do my morning walks and things like that. I don't ever claim to have this perfect mental health. But strangely, a lot of people think that I wake up every day and I'm just living my best life. But um, <laughs> I definitely have my bad days and I am quite open with sharing like when I've had a bad week or when I've had a few bad days or whatever it may be. 
Um, I just think the space of Instagram is in so many ways quite fake. And I do like to try and be like a place of honesty. And I do think that, you know, my page is quite an honest space where people can share. And I've always been quite honest there. So I do think that my actual followers make it easier for me to be open because they're so supportive and everybody that follows me are kind of like in the journey with me, which is super nice. Um, so that makes it easier. I do think that maybe sometimes I'm a bit hard on myself. I'm an athlete. I grew up constantly kind of competing with myself and that's something I'm still working on is when I have maybe a dip in my mental health, not to beat myself up to be like, okay, Laura, like let's just get back on top of it and like do the things that make you feel good and don't beat yourself up. Cause that's something that I think myself and a lot of people that I'm close to do do when they've had a bad time. And um, that's kind of, for me, that's my eating disorder kind of like winning again, you know, cause it, it likes to kind of get in front of you and kind of shock you almost and be like, hey, I'm still here. So um, I think it's just to like nurture yourself, love yourself, especially in the moment that we're in right now, it's super, super hard. So just to give yourself you know, if there's one day where you don't really want to go out and you just want to eat like crap on the sofa, <laughs> then that's okay. You know, like it's okay to have those days. Everybody is like really going through it at the moment. So yeah, I think just nurture yourself, be as nice as you can to yourself and trust the process, I guess, as long as you are trying to look forward and trying to get better and do better for yourself. And I think that's the best that you can just possibly do, especially right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's a powerful message in that, especially to be sort of honest, honest with yourself and honest with how you're feeling. And again, Young Minds, funnily enough, posted a, a, a post a few days ago about how social media can be quite deceiving. So to hear that um, someone that obviously has got a lot of followers and, and posts a lot of stuff that you, you're really honest on your Instagram, if you're having a bad day, you don't mind sharing that and I think there obviously are some Instagram or some social media pages out there that look incredible but you don't you, you don't get the real story so to speak so I think it's going to be powerful to hear about um, your experiences and, and what you've been through and then obviously your journey took you to to um, Love Island and obviously there is a lot out there in terms of the the show and the fame that it brings and the effects that, that can have on people how was that sort of whole experience and how was it coping I suppose with the and adapting to life after the show, the different pressures that come and the, the more attention, I suppose, you you receive when you come out of a show like that? Um, it's a strange one for me. I mean, I think a lot of the stigma around that show is a lot different to, you know, before I went into it and I, I didn't know much about that. Hey, I was living in Portugal and I think it was a big shock to me even going in and seeing how many people actually like recognised you on the street after you come out. So that was big for me. Um, I definitely went into Love Island knowing that my mental health was in a good place. It wasn't perfect, but it was in a good place that I knew no matter what anybody said about me. Um, obviously, I was going in there as a little bit of a different kind of girl. I wasn't super girly girly and I surfed and maybe I was a little bit like stronger looking, whatever it was. And I knew that I was probably going to get a little bit of heat. And I was cool with that. I knew that like Laura was a nice person and like my family loved me and my close friends loved me. And as long as I was true to myself in there, that was all I wanted to do you know I didn't want to like go in there and like change and be something that I wasn't just for maybe added followers or whatever so I think as long as I stayed true no matter what anybody said it didn't bother me um and luckily I mean I didn't really get any heat at all and I think I, I don't know I think it shows when you're being genuine I think it shows when you're being real and I think people quite liked that and then I came out and obviously stayed really true to myself and I care a lot about the environment so I didn't work with any fast fashion brands and you know I 
it's hard to say no to that money but I think just at the end of it is all I can say if you are ever going to do anything like that which I'm sure there's a lot of young people listening that kind of aspire to be influencers these days is just to like know that who you are is what you should be sharing you know not to try and like go and be like the Kardashians or to go and be like next person to just really be yourself and if that's somebody that some people want to like follow and be influenced by then that's a really positive thing but just not to change yourself due to like what other people are are saying about you or saying around you because um that's when you really lose yourself I think yeah like you said it touches on what you said previously about being honest with yourself being true to yourself and having that mindset whether it's if you're going into a show like that or just on a daily basis to be to, to know that who you are and that you're loved by other people and sort of and truly understanding what what you are and what you stand for I think is really important I mean, as well at the end of the day like people are fickle you know like people could be loving you one day I think we see it a lot in you know football fans for instance yeah. one week you're scoring a goal and they absolutely love you or they're your favorite person and the next week you might make a small mistake and then they're either shouting some sort of like slander at you or whatever it is and I just think it's a it's a good kind of comparison because it's the same with anything like if you're in the public eye people are going to have an opinion on you so if you're just true to yourself always at least you don't give them actually something to really like eat at you for. So, um, yeah, I mean, staying true, that's what we really got to do these days. <laughs> yeah, just being honest. Yeah, I think, and there'll be a lot of people listen to this who, who might be struggling or have gone through mental health previously or go, especially obviously in these times now. Um, how important do you think it is to discover those sort of positive coping mechanisms and what things have you found have worked for you in terms of coping with the difficult periods that you've been through? Um, I have, I mean, do you know what, through my mental health journey, I have tried everything under the sun. Trust me. I tried knitting. I tried crochet. I tried coloring books. Um, for me and my eating disorder, fitness is a really, um, interesting one. I have, I mean, fitness is my first love sport is like everything to me. I wasn't super academic at school. So for me, that was always kind of like my superpower was my, my sporting ability, I suppose. Um, and I have always loved fitness, but then I think once my eating disorder really kind of kicked in, it became more, less of a coping mechanism and more of kind of a way of hurting my body further because I was like, okay, I'm doing this to lose more weight. I'm doing that. So that's been an interesting one for me to kind of really fall back in love with fitness for the right reason, which now I have an amazing relationship with fitness. I love my long walks that I do with the dog. And I think uh, lockdown has been great because you've had to really kind of mix up your fitness mm-hmm. just because otherwise it does get quite boring and you can't go to gyms at the moment so for me my waking up early setting an alarm early and waking up with like a purpose my purpose is going for a walk you guys might be um I don't know doing anything I mean doing a bit of coloring book if that's what works for you I think just making sure you wake up with purpose so I love to do even just like a 30 minute walk whatever it is just get out the house early and have just a self kind of sense of like accomplishment even by 10 o'clock whether you're just going to sit on sofa the rest of the day for me it just you know sits better in my mind knowing that I've already kind of done something um also meditation I love to do meditation I'm not great and I don't do it every day but I do it here and when I feel like I need to do it um and yoga is also great for me I really enjoy doing that but I mean it's the same thing I mean I, I like to say that I do these things, but hey, there's weeks where I'm like, oh, I probably should do that, but I just can't be bothered. And then my mental health like slips a little bit and I'm like, well, it's because I haven't done this thing. So I'm still working. I'm a work in progress, but um, 
definitely the morning walks. They are a lifesaver for me, 100%. Yeah, finding that finding that thing that works for you, I suppose. And um, I'm a big fan of, of especially in lot. I, ne- I never was, but especially in these lockdown times, just going for a walk, I find really, really helps. Like you say, whether it's just yeah. 30 minutes or a little bit longer or even shorter, it doesn't really matter. But just getting out well, and getting that fresh air. As well with like... I guess there's a lot of students that listen to this with studying as well like I can imagine just studying in the same space every day is probably quite um yeah quite numbing so getting out and just breaking up your days a little bit is definitely definitely a good good idea yeah and like you said it's not it might not work every day but or you might not be able to do it every day I've few few conversations I've had with other guests and meditation has been quite a big thing so I've tried to start sort of doing a little bit of that and I said to myself I'm going to do it every morning start the day um I don't do it every morning but like you say (laughs) noticing those little slips that you have and when to put that place stuff in action I suppose definitely and not beating yourself up if you don't do something or if you plan to go on the walk and you ended up looking out the window and think oh it doesn't look very nice out there I'm not going to go it's not beating yourself up for not doing those things just knowing they're there if you want them yeah Uh, and one topic that is at the forefront of a lot of um conversations I suppose in social media now is everything around sort of body positivity body image self-love and a lot of young people like we've said um, can be quite negative about their own image and you touched on it a little bit earlier about things that we see on social media and you said obviously that that something you went through a little bit when you were younger in terms of seeing different things what are your thoughts on the whole sort of the, the body image and body positivity thing and the effects I suppose of both the positive and the negative side of, of social media i mean i'm gonna say one comment first thing first do not believe anything you see on in social media things are edited to hell these days i see people on instagram I'm like there is no way your body looks like that in real life um and the apps that they're using just all of these like crazy things i think it's so easy to think well oh my god how do i look like this in the mirror and this girl looks like this you know angles editing photoshop is being used here there and everywhere I think we think we've come a long way with the kind of like magazines not editing and using, you know, more realistic body shapes and stuff like that. But I don't think we're still far enough. You know, I think to have such young females and males on social media kind of comparing to these unrealistic body types, it's hard, you know, and even me, I find myself doing it and I'm a real advocate for not like believing it you know so I think as long as you just know that the things you are seeing because even I've gone to photo shoots before and they've sent me back the images and they've edited me and I'm like hang on a minute I know (laughs) that's not my body (laughs) like I know that's not my body so I think yeah just just knowing that um yeah it's just not real I mean let's be honest we're we're in 2021 now maybe soon they'll take away all these apps and it'll be illegal but I think yeah it's a big one just not comparing yourself to anybody um and just working on you like if you do start to see these accounts that are making you feel bad unfollow them like don't look at these posts because I just feel like there's so many unrealistic goals now that we're looking at and that are forced like into our faces that we have to make a conscious decision whether we're going to believe it or not and um sadly that's down to us and down to the younger people like you shouldn't really have to be making these decisions whether it's real or fake but that is the society we're in unfortunately yeah, and a great bit of advice to to unfollow accounts if you find yourself looking at them and that's having an effect on you. A few years ago, I actually took a break off all social media, just deleted it in one sort of foul swoop, deleted every single social media just for only a couple of weeks. But actually that couple of weeks was just so peaceful. And I 
the amount of times you I think you just check it just for the sake of it um mm -hmm. So, so yeah quite powerful to, to say obviously unfollow or take a break if you need to um one of the features of the the show that we have is called trip of the week it's not a very good name we're a few months into the podcast now but it's just sticking um and this is where the guests that we have on share something that hasn't gone quite right for them or a, a mistake in the past week or so with the message basically of getting things wrong is all right and falling over is okay it's about sort of how you respond and just yeah, it's okay to make a mistake pretty much. So looking back over the last week or so, what would you say your trip of the week is? Um, I mean, this is a very honest one, but I've had my period last week, which I mean, there'll be 50% of this audience that won't understand what that ever means. And you will never have one, you boys. You're really lucky in there. <laughs> um, but I think it's more down to emotion. Like my boyfriend came home. He'd been at rugby training all day, poor guy. And I've just like lost my mind just like gone crazy, had a full breakdown. He didn't unwash, unload the dishwasher. And it was like all these like tiny little things that I'd like just like made up into my head into like this huge big deal. Um, and it was basically just cause I hadn't listened to how I was feeling that morning. <laughs> um, and yeah, okay, my period was en route. We were heading into that kind of time, but I think it was just a massive realization for me to not forget about yourself, you know, and just to make sure that I really, I was neglecting myself a little bit that last few days. I'd been quite busy with like online work bits. And I just sat down that evening after crying for like two and a half hours nonstop. <laughs> and it was literally like, okay, this has been really good to let this emotion out actually. And I felt great after doing it. And sometimes you just need to have a little cry. And sadly, my boyfriend had to bear the brunt of it, but he forgives me. He knows, you know, knows how it goes. <laughs> Um, but I think just sometimes really sitting with your emotions is actually a really positive thing. So if you are feeling like a kind of cloudy storm in your mind, which I think a lot of people at the moment are, whether it's frustration about still being in lockdown or whatever it may be, a struggle with mental health, sometimes just having a good old fashioned cry, whether you're a boy or a girl, it does not matter. Um, so, yeah, that was my trip of the week, which actually ended up being a waterfall trip of the week but yeah, we, we made it through it and I felt much better after having a little cry so yeah just feeling those emotions and letting those out is definitely the one <laughs> that goes along with what the sort of the whole theme of the conversation has been I suppose about being honest with yourself and sometimes letting that sort of emotion just take hold and doing what you need to do can be really beneficial it's been really brilliant to discuss your journey you've been really honest which has been fantastic and I think a lot of people listening will, will take a lot from it um, and I'm sure it'll help a lot of people before we do wrap up if you could um, send I suppose a message to your past self maybe when you were 13 16 20 whatever whatever age what would that what would that message be and what would you want to say to that sort of younger self um it would be that you don't have to live with the mental health struggles that you have. Like if you put in enough work and you accept the help that is out there, you can get better. Hey, I've had this, you know, eating sort of for 10 years and probably within the last six months I've been getting help has been the best six months that we've ever had. So um, yeah, just accepting help and knowing that you don't have to be in this alone and it will get better because as well <laughs> fantastic that's a great way to finish um like i just said thanks so much for for coming on being so honest um if you obviously you're listening guys do go and follow laura on um instagram and we'd be putting some stuff out on instagram as well i'm sure but i think the main message to take from from laura today is be honest with yourself 
things things will get better and also you're going to have some days as well where things don't go quite right but just to be honest with yourself and and let that emotion in laura thanks so much for joining us wish you all the best with with everything that you're, you so you're going to be doing um and i'm sure that we'll, we'll chat again soon for sure thank you guys There you go then everyone, another brilliant guest I'm sure you'll agree who has shared their own mental health battles and provided some great insight which hopefully can a lot of you can relate to. So that was episode 5 of Laura Crane, I'm your host Tom and this is of course Let's Get Talking. As always keep, keep sharing, keep following and most importantly keep talking. Let's get mental health to the forefront of every conversation and normalise talking about it. I'll see you next time for episode 6, thanks for tuning in.